Greetings friends around the world. This is Dr. Bob Teal from the Bible News Prophecy Channel. How come there's different races, hair colors, sizes, etc. when you see people? I decided to call this message the mystery of race. And the reason was, I saw a couple of news items this month. One was talking about white supremacists and one was talking about black supremacists and all this kind of stuff. And you know, actually there's not one race that's supreme. But people wonder, you know, why did God make all these different races? And how come there's different hair colors? And how come some people are taller or shorter? Well, one obvious reason is because people will look different. So you'll know one person from the other because we, we look different. But could there be a bigger reason, a bigger part of God's plan? Well, yes. Now, before getting to that, I want to talk a little bit about the theory of evolution. Because here's basically what the evolutionists say. They said... Well, because of climate issues, people and natural selection, people became blacker and blacker in Africa, and the ones who got blacker lived longer, and that's how come that happened. And then the people go over to Europe, and they got paler and paler over time, and that's what caused all this stuff. Well, that's nonsense. They have absolutely no proof of that. Now, the reality is uh, that, yes, it's more tolerable for people with darker skin to live in places where there's more sun, but... Darwin's theory of natural selection doesn't cause something new to happen. Okay, so didn't add a, a new pigmentation or something like that, but that's kind of what they think. Now, the other thing, if you think about this, is if you go out in the sun, you can get tan. As a matter of fact, I was out this week and I got a little bit tan, but that doesn't pass on to my children. My skin color doesn't stay that way. So similar with the whole African thing. And then if you think about Jewish babies, the ba males are pretty much always circumcised at age uh, eight days, and that doesn't pass either. Okay, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Darwin's theory of natural selection doesn't have anything to do with race. Well, can you change your race? Well, I want to go to Jeremiah uh, uh, 13, read verse uh, 23. I'm going to read this from something called the literal standard version of the Bible, and it says, "Does a Cushite change his skin?" Well, the answer is no. The question is, well, what's a Cushite? Well, they're dark-skinned people who've often inhabited parts of Africa, and many of them still do. But, of course, you can find them in other parts of the world now. And they're descendants of Noah's son, Ham. Now, I'm going to read something from Young's Concordance. The black race is composed of some descendants of Noah's son, Ham. Part of the black race stems from Cush, Genesis 10.6. Cush means black in Hebrew. Now, I'd like to read something from the old Ambassador College along this line. Of the four sons of Ham, only Cush bears a name which means black. Just as some of the sons of Cush are brown, so some of the sons of Put are, are black. Well, anyway, you can't change your race. Now, of course, in the broader sense, we're all part of the human race. And we all descended from uh, Adam and Eve. And then later from Noah's sons and his wives, and their wives, excuse me. But let's go to see what happened before that. I'm going to just read from the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James, almost all the rest of the verses. If it's something different, I'll tell you. We see Genesis 3, verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And that doesn't mean she was the mother of horses and cows and fish, but all human beings. Now, in Colossians 1, verse 27, the Apostle Paul talks about something called 
the mystery among the Gentiles. And the first place we encounter the word Gentiles is actually in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 10. I want to start with verse 1. Now this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Jabin, Tubal, Meshach, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Riphpah, Togarmah, and the sons of Jabin were uh, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, Dodinim. From these, the coastland peoples of the Gentiles were separated into their lands, everyone according to his language, according to their families, into their nations. And this is where, for example, uh, the Chinese came from, the Japanese came from, the Koreans came from, the Indonesians. And they ended up in the far coastal, coastal lands uh, from uh, the Middle East. Now let's drop down to verse 6. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizram, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Siva, Havilah, Sapta, Rama, Septeka. The sons of Rama were Sheba and Dedan. Now verse 13. Mizram begat Ludin, Ananim, Lehabim, Naphubim, Pathrusim, and Kalusim, from whom came the Philistines and the Kaphtorim. Verse 20. These are the sons of Ham, according to their families, according to their languages, in the lands, and in their nations. So we talked about some of the Cushites of being uh, the darker-skinned people, but that was about one out of uh, eight were fully dark. About one out of eight were fully, uh, were pretty well fully light, and the others were pretty much uh, a mixture. And for example, most of the descendants of Put, or some of them at least, went to like uh, India, Bangladesh, uh, Sri Lanka, uh, and those type of places. Now let's go down to verse 21. And children were born also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth the elder. The sons of Shem were Elam, Asher, Aparxad, Lud, and Aram. Verse 31. These are the sons of Shem according to their families, according to their languages, in their lands, according to their nations. And as far as Eber, that's also sometimes spelled Heber, uh, has to do with the Hebrews. And Many of the other descendants of Shem uh, ended up in basically in Europe. Anyway, all the nations we now have, all the, all the ethnicities we now have, came from uh, Noah, his wife, and uh, their sons and their wives. Anyway, you don't change your race. Now, many people live in lands where their race dominates, and they learn various lessons. Some people live in lands where their race is highly discriminated against, and they learn lessons. And some people live in cultures that are more accepting of multiple races. And they learn lessons. Some people are variations and mixtures and have mixtures of all those types of experiences, or many of them. And they learn lessons. We all learn what, based on not only things we run into, but how other people view us. And race is a factor on there. Now what about, for example, changing your height? Can you do that? Well, short of modern surgical techniques, uh, no. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught in Matthew 6, verse 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to its stature? So I can't add this, a cubit was, by the way, from the elbow to the tip of the fingers. You can't add that much just by thinking, Jesus says. So no, you don't change your 
your height. Now you might say, you know, it might be difficult to live based on certain races, certain statures, and if you're weaker or whatever. And you know what? In a lot of ways that's true. But did you know what? That's actually part of the plan. I'm going to go to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and read verse 27. Notice what the Word of God says. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. So yes, God has a plan that includes often calling, the, those being called are actually the weak of the world. He said, but that might be really hard. In 1 Corinthians uh, 10, I'm going to read verse 13. We read, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will also be able to make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So, one race, one hair color, one size is not superior. And people shouldn't think that, that it is so. And if you do, consider a verse we skipped over, which is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed, lest he fall. So the Bible obviously does not teach white supremacy, yellow uh, supremacy, Hispanic, Latinx, whatever they're now calling it, <laughs> supremacy, black supremacy, I don't know, which probably other groups I haven't thought about, and I wasn't trying to focus on any particular one. As far as supremacy goes, you don't have to go there. But Ephesians 4, 6 says, God and Father of all, who is above all. You want to know supremacy? It is God. Okay? Now, the Bible is clear that there's no salvation difference between those who are Jewish and those who are not. So, for example, go to Galatians chapter 3. We're going to read a couple of verses, starting verse 26. Three or four verses here. Galatians 3. For you are all the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, you're an Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Remember I said, you know, there are some circumstances that are more difficult than others. We're seeing Paul saying, it might be Greek, it might be uh, a Jew, you might be a slave, you might be free. Now the Bible says, if you're a slave, you can get your freedom, do so, but if not, you function like that. That's what you're supposed to do. Now, I'm going to go to Colossians chapter 3. Read a few verses starting in verse 9. Do not lie to one another, since you put up the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. For there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, should say, nor Scythian, slave nor free, but in Christ is all and in all. Again, this is repeated. This idea that one race is not better than the other is in the Bible. You don't have to go there, but Romans 2 verse 11 says, There is no partiality with God. And as far as Romans go, Romans chapter 2, starting verse 28, the Apostle Paul wrote, For he is not a Jew who is one inwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, 
whose praise is not from men, but from God. So we see that in God's sight, whether somebody is an Israelite or not Israelite, that's not the issue. Sometimes we act like one race is better, only certain races can get saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. God has a plan. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 13, verse 29. Because God's got a plan that's going to result in people of all races being saved. Luke 13, verse 29. Jesus said, They will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and sit down in the kingdom of God. Notice it doesn't say they're mostly going to come from the west because the westerners are the best. Or they're mostly going to come from the south or the east or the north. It doesn't say that. Salvation is going to be... Uh, is, is open to all. And almost everybody will ultimately accept it. Even out of the Great Tribulation, let's go to Revelation chapter 7. I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. I'm going to cut in the middle of verse 9. I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So, you see, people of all nations, people's tongues, are going to be saved. That being said, why are there these varieties? Well, these varieties help people have different experiences. Well, what about individuals, not just groups of people? Well, God's plan takes that into account as well. I'm going to go to the 33rd Psalm and read uh, verses 14 through 15. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their heart individually. He considers all their works. Now notice, it says God's looking at all the inhabitants of the earth. Not just brown people or black people or yellow people or reddish people or white people or whatever. So I'm only going to help the people, this particular looking people. It doesn't say that. And notice he fashions it individually. Every individual matters. In Ecclesiastes uh, 3, verse 17, it says, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there's a time there is for every purpose and for every work. There's a reason different people Everybody looks different, and certain things, including race, are factors there. But the Bible is clear in Psalm 119, verse 73. You don't have to go there. It says, Your hands have made me and fashioned me. God's fashioning everyone. Now, I want to read uh, Ecclesiastes 9, verse 1. For I consider all this in my heart, that I could declare it all, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hands of God. God has a plan. You say, well, I've got my ideas. That's true. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Now, if you're in Proverbs, we're going to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. A man's steps are of the Lord, how then can a man understand his own way? Now, we have a free booklet called The Mystery of God's Plan. Why did God create anything? Why did God make you? That's available at the ccog.org website, which will help answer that question. Now, I want to go back 
into the Bible, into the New Testament. This time I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 11 and 27 from the AFB. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. But the one and the same Spirit is operating in all these things, dividing separately to each one as God himself desires. Verse 27. Now you are, you are the body of Christ, and you are all individual members. To uh, paraphrase, or to make fun of, I don't know the term I want to use for here, Pink Floyd's song, you're not just another brick in the wall. Okay? Not according to God. Now I'm going to go to Galatians 6, I'm going to read verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows the spirit will the spirit reap everlasting life. Do you not think that uh, some of these racial supremacists and people have been mean to you and all this kind of stuff, that they're just getting away with everything? Okay? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. That's where faith comes in. Now, I'm going to go to Hebrews 6, verse 10. You say, but yeah, I've been through a lot. Health problems or whatever other problems or, we say, race, size, whatever it could be. Maybe facial deformities or whatever. Galatians 6, verse 10. For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love which you have shown toward his name. God has a plan for all, and that includes you individually, whether you're called in this age or not, and he considers all of your works. All you've been through, all that you've suffered, all which you've accomplished, preparing to make eternity better for you, unless you refuse to become part of God's kingdom. Everything you've been through, is preparing you for a calling and work God has for you. You will be able to give love in a unique way to make eternity better for yourself and everyone else. The Bible mentions that just like the body's got hands and eyes and parts for smelling and hearing, all parts of the body have a role. Let's read that. 1 Corinthians 12 again, this time verse, starting at verse 14. And I'm going to read a fair amount of this. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. That the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, am I not of the body? Is that not therefore part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each of them, and the body is just as he's pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Verse 20. But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor can the hand say to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those part, members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that all members should have the same care for one another. So notice that the reason for the differences is so that we can have the same care for one another. People don't usually think of it that way, but that's what the Word of God says. We all have a unique part in the eternal plan that God has. Your role could be quite different from other billions of human beings. Don't think God does not have a plan for you. 
Furthermore, if you do what God wants you to do, God will judge you on what you do, as well as what you fail to do. The more that you do what you should do, will make eternity better for yourself and others. The more you do what you shouldn't do, you'll make eternity, you will make eternity worse for yourself and for others. The Bible teaches that people will be rewarded according to their works. I'm not going to read the scriptures, but Matthew 16, 27, Romans 2, 6, Proverbs 24, 12, Jeremiah 17, 10, uh, Revelation 22, 12. And you will be able to help more if you do what God says. Now, the Bible says that after death, our works follow us, which basically means whatever we've learned, whatever we've suffered, whatever we've been through in this physical, whatever our shapes or sizes are, will make a difference in how we will give and work throughout eternity. Everything God does has a reason. You see, Ezekiel 14.23 says that. That includes how long we live, which is a mystery for, uh, all of, for most of us, according to Ecclesiastes 9, verse 12. God made people of various colors to be part of his one body. All will have an opportunity for salvation. All who accept that offer will be able to give love in a unique way to make eternity better for themselves and everyone else. For more information about that, recommend our free booklet. It's online, www.ccog.org, Mystery of God's Plan, Why Did God Create Anything? Why Did God Make You? Racial variety in this age will result in more love in more ways in the future coming kingdom of God. That's why there are different races, hair colors, sizes, and shapes. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible News Prophecy Channel.